Welcome to a Longer Table podcast, a space for real and sometimes hard conversations that will often challenge your perspective and always empower you to pull up more seats around your own table. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter. Let's dive in. Today, I have Carly on the podcast. We met online thanks to Instagram and we are like soul sisters. You guys, we have so much in common from being former Spanish teachers to having a heart for foster care, being foster moms at a young age. We're married the same amount of time. It's just Carly, we like, were we separated at birth? I don't know. It's kind of weird. We're (laughs) the same person in Chicago and Texas. So yeah, so crazy. So you were just telling me that y'all are in Texas for your husband, uh, to go to seminary. He just finished and he's a youth pastor. You just quit your job as a teacher. And I I mean, you guys are in the thick of transition, which we, we all kind of are because of COVID, but what's life been like for you guys as of late? It has been, um, very crazy with COVID. Um, kind of hard to be stuck at home with two kids who like activity and fun things, but, um, but also really good for our family. It's been, in some ways, I know that coronavirus has been really hard for a lot of people, but in some ways it's been um, an enormous blessing for us because we've become a family in the middle of it. Um, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to see how much my kids have bonded them together and us all together um, just in a short amount of time of us all being at home. So um, yeah, I know it's been hard. It has still been really hard, but also extremely good. So, yeah. And, and I get that from the foster care perspective, but you adopted your two children out of foster care and they are not biological siblings. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So you got, tell us the story of your, let's, let's hear your foster care story because it's vastly different from mine. That's the area where I'm like, okay, we are the same person, but our foster care journeys have been just so different. Yes. I, when I started doing foster care, I kind of envisioned it being more like what you have experienced in foster care. So my husband and I, we started the process three years ago, I believe in the, yeah, the summer three years ago. Um, and we, we just really knew, um, this, we don't know a lot about our lives, but we knew that this was a calling on our lives to be um, involved in foster care. And so we took that step and bought a house so we would have more room. And we finally finished our licensing in September of 2017 and then um, got our first call. We didn't get our first call until October. We we had signed up for kids ages 5 to 11 because I'm a teacher and he's a youth pastor. So those younger kids are a little bit harder with daycare and all of that. So we wanted a school-aged kid. So we put um, ages five to 11, pretty much anything else we were open to. We didn't really feel quite ready for teenagers for our first round. <laughs> Especially being young, you know, like you're yes. the same age as me. We're both 28 today. So three years ago, we were both 25 in this um, right. new journey of foster care. That's, that's significant. That's young. Yes, it is. So we did not feel ready for that at all. And our first call was for our son, Kendrick. So when they called us, they said, we have a a child who um, needs a transitional home and it would be a pre-adoptive placement. That was our very first call. <laughs> wow. And um, I was really scared because I, I had envisioned in my mind, like we will do foster care for a certain amount of time. And if adoption comes into play, then we will, we will absolutely be open to that. But I was not prepared to say, 
on my first call. Yeah, sure. We'll take a pre-adoptive placement. So I just remember having very, we had like a weekend to decide basically. And I remember having a very in-depth conversation with my husband, TJ, just saying like, what do you, what do you think about this? And he said, we signed up for this to give a kid who needs a home a home and this kid needs a home. So let's do it. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was like, I, I feel like going into foster care, I was like, I was the one who was like, let's do it. Let's do all the classes. And then once we got the call, I was like, no, we can't do that. Um, and TJ was the one to be like, no, we can. So we took him. There was a possibility of him going with other family and that fell through. And so he, we adopted him nine months later. So that's so crazy. I mean, it's a really cool story because he did need a forever family. So for it to happen that fast is, is really cool. Did you, okay. I'm going to ask some probably like invasive questions if that's okay. That's totally fine because they're on my mind and I'm guessing people listening might want to know too. So when you, when you brought him into your home, let's start with the beginning of that. Like without telling his story or exposing things about him that you don't want to share because I want to be appropriate. Was it like right off the right from the get-go, was it just like, oh, you, you're totally our son? Or was it, did you go through, was there a honeymoon phase? And then you went through some hard things? Like, tell me about that initial transition period. Yeah. We didn't really have a honeymoon phase. Our son is like very low key. He doesn't have a ton of needs and they kind of communicated that to us, but he was still, he's, I mean, you still have trauma in the equation. And so we still have a lot of those issues um, under the surface that don't really show to the general public. So kind of having our eyes open to that was difficult. Mm. And it is just, I mean, it is like, it's like you, he's coming into your home and you are saying yes to the kid, but the kid also has to say yes to you just, and not even necessarily like, yes, I want to be adopted, but just, yes, I want to be part of your family. I want to be part. I'm, I want you to be my mom and dad, but like, also I have another mom and dad and it's just very complicated, complex. So I didn't, I wouldn't say that I like immediately said like, he's my son, but I kind of feel like I, I don't know if you feel like this in foster care, but I pretty much like any kid that comes into my home, I'm going to choose to love to the fullest extent that I can. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and so I don't really like some people have asked me before with both of our kids, like, do you have a love for them? Like, are do you have like a child love? For, I'm like, I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have a love for every kid and especially kids that don't have a home or a forever family. So yeah, I, I would say that it, it took probably about six months for it to feel comfortable and especially in the mom role. I don't, did you feel like that when you first started foster care? Just like, Oh, totally. Oh, I would, I'm like all of a sudden a mom of a, of a nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, so I was just going to say he was nine when he came into your care. Yes. He was nine. Okay. So you become a mom to a nine-year-old at 25 years old, like basically overnight, he needs a forever family. So you guys go into it. It's nice when they can tell you this is a pre-adoptive placement. I also yeah. know people who aren't told that from the get-go and then it like, it gets a little muddy. I'm so glad yeah, they did that tell happened you that. with our daughter. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad that they did tell you with your son, yeah. because then you can go in I know for me with foster care, my heart really is now more than ever. So for reunification, if that's at all possible and best for the child. And so I really, I don't guard my heart, but it is really good for me to know where the case is at so that I can, again, I don't want to say guard my heart, but 
I still love with all I've got. I mean, I think people see that with our current boys, people that know us in person. And I'm not just talking about what I post online. Like I think people see that I love them with all I've got and I'm still really pushing hard for reunification. So needless to say, you get to go into this placement knowing that he does need that forever home. So I'm wonder, I I guess that probably does change the dynamic a little bit of not like you loved him more than you had loved previous placements or, well, I guess he was your first, but, um, (laughs) not that you would have loved him any differently, but kind of thinking about that long-term piece, like having that in mind. Um, yeah, it's just so, it's so interesting. So I guess my, my question for you is, at the six month, seven month mark, when you're like feeling, starting to feel more comfortable in, in this adjustment, how did it go from that to a couple months later, the adoption happens? Like, did they, was that something they were just like, Hey, this is now L- TPRs happened. He's now eligible. And you guys yeah, just decided as, soon as uh, in Texas, uh, in Texas, if a kid is, has rights relinquished, they have to be in your home for six months before they can be adopted. So. Once the other family, there was, there was an other bio family, uh, like in Florida, like a far away, um, that could, he, they fell through. So after that fell through, they said, okay, basically it's time to start the adoption process. So it was just like, it was really fast. It was a whirlwind. Like he stopped doing, he kind of stopped doing therapy. They like released him from therapy because he was doing so well and I was kind of like, I feel like maybe he should keep doing like I and and mm-hmm. keep doing therapy and I, because of this transition. But it just kind of happened. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, a lot. It's kind of like I hear people talk about pregnancy and like how it's kind of just a blur. Mm-hmm. And like uh, the first like six months of of having a baby is kind of like that. And I I would say it's kind of similar with with our story in both situations is just like, it just all kind of happened. And we were a hundred percent all in on being his parents and being part of his family. And so we just kind of let it, let it happen the way it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. So I have two quick questions before we move on to your daughter, um, with your, with your son's story and, and, in becoming part of your forever family. One, were you and your husband completely unified in this or were there ever hard talks where one of you wasn't so sure, or you were getting maybe cold feet or, or, Oh, we could keep fostering him, but let's not go forward with an adoption yet. Like, was there any point of that? Because I just can imagine in a marriage, it, it's sometimes you're not unified. At least Eric and I are definitely not always unified. Yeah. So let's start with that one. Um, yeah, to be honest, we were always on with Kendrick. We were always on the same page. Um, just, we both felt very strongly that if he needed a home that we were going to give it to him. Um, and we were going to do our best, even though we're totally, we have flaws and we are not doing, we totally don't know what we're doing. Um, said every parent ever. So it's all good. Yes. Yes. I will say that we, there's there, the most things that we've had, um, like disagreements or been ununified on is probably like in parenting, just parenting Mm. decisions how, how do we handle this situation and things like that. But for the most part with the big decisions, I feel like if anything, he pushes me to be 
more courageous and, mm. um, because I'm, I'm courageous in my mind, but not always in my actions. Mm-hmm. And he is just like calm and steady. I'm very much like up and down and he's calm and steady. And so he kind of levels me out that way. I love it. We are more alike than we knew. That <laughs> is so funny. Okay. And then by the time it came to where you guys were like, yes, we're ready to adopt him. Did you sit down with your son and say, would you let it be in our forever family? Did you have like a special moment of a fish making it like official before it was official? Yes, we did. We, we kind of, um, we sat him down and we kind of did like a, uh, proposal type thing, but it was really low key. We can we try to keep things with, with adoption kind of low key just because it's a painful as much it is, as it is joyful. And so we're not trying to make it about us. And so we just kind of asked him and he said, sure. <laughs> he was kind of against having our last name. Honestly, that was the biggest thing is that he didn't want our last name because it's pancake. Um, <laughs> and he didn't he think thought, that was cool. No, he thought it was weird. So, um, but other than that, it was just kind of a low key, um, proposal type thing. So, wow. Oh, I love it. That's so cool. And yeah. So now he's been your son officially legally for how long? Um, August of 2018. So almost two whole years. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's really cool. Okay. Tell us now. I'm curious to know when your daughter comes into play. So, um, it was actually really interesting, like right after Kendrick. So Kendrick started calling me and my son started calling me mom in January of 2019. Like that was not a thing before that, which was really big for me to like accept that role. Cause mm-hmm. I kind of, what we talked about earlier, just not being prepared to be a mom. So that was January of 2019. And that's right around when we started, we decided to reopen and we opened for this. When I look back at this, I think that we might've been crazy, but we, <laughs> we opened for five to 18 and we imme- almost immediately got a call about our daughter and, um, we said yes. And that was another instance where I was like, no, we're not doing it. <laughs> and, um, and TJ kind of pushed me to, to say yes. And I'm so glad he did. Cause it's been, it's been amazing. So that was in February of 2019. And how old is, how old was she when you got the call? She was thir- 13. Yes. 13. Okay. So where did she come to you from? Can I ask that? Like, was it a, uh, did she come to you from another foster home? Had she been in foster care for a while? Was this pre-adoptive as well? Um, it, so it was from a failed adoption Mm. and she was living in a shelter. Okay. Okay. So we got the call and she came to us from there. And what what was the other question you asked me? I'm sorry. I was asking where she came to you from and was it a pre-adoptive? Like, was it just like Kendrick where you knew that she needed a forever home? I think, I think deep down we knew that it was pre-adoptive, but it, it, they did not state that to us. Mm. Um, and the, I don't think they even really knew, but they kind, you know how they, they know things, but they're not telling you everything. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yes. um, That's kind of what happened. So I, I think I still would have said yes. Um, although I probably would have extended the process a little longer if possible. Yeah. But yeah, so we pretty much found, found out that we could adopt in the summer. So it was like February to the summer. And then in uh, November, she became a part of our family. 
forever. And that was, yeah, we, we always do for, for both adoptions. We did like a adoption day. We did the adoption and we went out to breakfast and we went to the trampoline park with her friends and they got to get miss school. And it was like a, it's a big thing, but even more so with her story, I have, I have toned it down a mm. little bit just, just because there's, there is just a lot of pain when you, even when you hear the word adoption, there's, yeah. so, um, we just, we just like to welcome them all the time, welcome them into our family. Um, every morning I, I re-welcome her into mm. our family, but coronavirus honestly has changed our family for the better for that. Like just spending that time together has bonded us really. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point you have, how old are your kids today? So they're 14 and 11. So you have a 14 and 11 year old. Okay. I'm just going to keep firing away on some invasive questions if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. Is your, do now they weren't biological siblings. So do they get along or has that been super difficult? This is the most crazy thing about our family is that they get along like amazingly. It's like they're, they were made to be brother and sister, um, but like brothers and sisters that don't fight, like they really, they get along, they play together. They, they love playing video games together. They, um, ride bikes together. Like they, they joke with one another in a way that is like pretty funny. They're hilarious. Oh, I um, love that. So they bring a lot of light into our family. Yeah. Do you and your husband plan on opening up for more foster kids in the future? Or in addition, do you guys desire to have biological kids or, you know, yeah, is so, that part of the story? Um, we, we would like to, we, we have a pretty small space, so we don't really have a t- We could open to maybe one more kid, but it would be pretty crowded. So we've been looking for a house, looking for, um, that type of stuff, uh, just a new transition. We would like to reopen probably to younger kids. Um, both of our kids are really good with young kids and we've asked them, well, they've asked us, can we get some little kids? (laughs) Um, so, um, we would love that. And I love little kids too. So, um, I'd love that to be part of our story too. But as for biological kids, I, I don't have like a very strong desire to have biological kids. I'm not like against it. Um, but I'm not, I'm happy to care for whoever's in my care. So if I, I'd love to have a baby at some point, but I don't know if that would, if it's going to be my baby or somebody else's baby that I care for a certain amount of time and then promote, I'm, I'm much for, um, for reunification as well, just supporting bio families as much as possible. So, um, I'm like, I'm kind of just like up for whatever I'm, I'm a little bit, um, I'm not really a planner. So I just, especially with my life, like I don't think about things like that very Mm much. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of go with the flow, (laughs) like whatever happens. Oh my goodness. And is your husband similar in that? Yes. Yes. He's a little bit more of a planner, but, um, which is good, but, (laughs) but he is very much the same way about biological and foster. He, I think he would probably say that he's a little bit more for having bio kids at some point, but yeah. 
Very cool. I love it. I love how much it sounds like you include your children in the decisions about who you might bring into your home. And I love that they're asking. That's so funny that they want little kids in the home because, you know, you think about teenagers, like who would want a little brother or sister, but a lot of kids in foster care, I think they, they're just so unique. I know with like my boys, they are constantly saying like, they want me to have a baby like in my tummy. And I'm like, really? You do? What? (laughs) Um, It's just funny. Like they get so tender about it and they're like, yeah, like, cause they've seen their mom pregnant a number of times. And they, I think they like, I don't know. It's been interesting. That's come up recently. And I'm like, where is this coming from? But yeah. Yeah, And they do so well. I think they just have cared for little ones and they've been around little ones so much that it just makes sense in their mind. It's like almost like, why wouldn't we do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's so sweet. I love it. Um, so let's talk just a little bit about your family and, and your husband's family and how people have reacted or responded to you guys in fostering at a decently young age, taking in older kids, then adopting, like, have you, have you had just overwhelming support or were there hard conversations along the way? Yes. So overall, we've had like really strong support. I think that it's like not the norm. And so everybody's kind of like, wait, you have a 14 year old. (laughs) And especially with extended family, it's almost like they don't really know how to interact with it. I'm sure you've experienced this, but a lot, especially extended family say things that are so silly, not just extended family, just like people just don't know what foster care is is like. So, uh, just people in general, just telling us stories about adoption or things that have nothing to do with like adopting from foster care. It's just like a mm-hmm. totally different world when yep. you adopt from foster care than adopting like domestic, even domestic adoption is totally different. So it has been, it's been really awesome to be able to educate and, and show them what it's like and that it's not very scary. I've even had some extended family members reach out to me and say, I was so nervous for you to get an older child from foster care because of what I've seen mm-hmm. from social or from the media and the news and all of the horror stories. But it's been so beautiful to see how much you love them and how much, how awesome they are. Yeah. <laughs> and like how we can't imagine our family without them. So yeah. I think I think it's been cool to see that, um, that shift in their understanding, but our like immediate families have been awesome in support of us. So that's so great. I'm so happy for you guys. And that's in, and it sounds very similar to what we've experienced with people just making silly comments or comparing foster care, uh, to adopting internationally. And I'm like, Whoa, those are very different worlds. This is not adoption. This is not international. This is like, it's just so funny what people, um, who aren't in it sometimes what they I think they're just trying to find something that they have a little bit of knowledge on to, to relate. And I get that, but yeah, I totally understand where they're coming from, but it does get a little bit crazy. It's crazy how like the comments like streamline into one. Mm -hmm. Everybody says the same thing about it. Like they either tell you that they've always wanted to adopt or I was going to do foster care, but, or whatever. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it's, it's funny how, and I can almost like predict what they're going to say. (laughs) Yep. Totally. So do your kids have any relationships with biological family outside of obviously their forever family with you? Yes. They both have contact with their siblings, not all of them, but they both have contact with their siblings and they have 
our daughter has a, a little bit of contact with parents and our son does not, but we try to, and that's been honestly, one of the hardest things has been figuring out how to navigate that with an older, with the 14 year old, you know, trying to figure out how to help her have a healthy relationship and manage all of that. So it's, it's definitely been eye opening and also um, has taught me how to extend grace even more than foster care has taught me how to extend grace. Um, I guess a lot of foster parents have the opportunity to see that in bio bio parents during visits and things like that, but we legitimately never had a visit. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, that's, that's where our experience is so different. Like I'm so yes. close with our kids' parents. Yes. Like what I did, I participated in your 31 day challenge thing and in May. And, um, one of the questions was about visits and we have only had one placement that didn't end in adoption. So yeah. we did one visit for that one month that he was with us and I didn't even go. So I don't even have yeah any experience with that. Um, so we almost had to like jump in the opposite direction of like how to, how to view bio family, mm-hmm. how, like what to call them, what to call us, what to like, it's a lot of processing that we do. Yeah. But it sounds like you guys do it very thoughtfully and, um, in a way that your that your ego's in check and that your kids come first. And that's really beautiful. So I want to wrap up our time with you convincing everyone to foster a teenager. No, I'm, oh I'm kind of kidding, but kind of not. I I'd love to hear because you've had such great experiences. Again, we're not trying to glamorize or glorify fostering in general, let alone of a teenager. Uh, We know it comes with hardships and a lot of trauma and it's hard no matter what the age of the child is. But Carly, if somebody is thinking about fostering and they have the ability to sign up, you know, for babies or for older kids and they're like, I don't really care. Why should they have like really go out of their way to say I'm open to older kids? Oh man, I have... I have such a heart for teenagers that are in the foster care system. They are wonderful. And I think people miss out on huge blessing when they, um, when they choose to only take babies, they're missing an opportunity to speak love and truth into their lives and to show them who God created them to be and, um, their value to the world and to you and to their bio families. You just get to like speak truth over them. And it is not easy. So like what you're saying about glamorizing, like it, it can be really, really difficult, but I, I have never been able to witness or experience God's presence more fully than I have in this season of constantly having to rely on him for strength, for patience. And they they just, um, you get to, with teenagers, you get to witness them come alive in the things that they're passionate about. And then also just with the foster care system, it, it's set up for these kids, especially if they're not in good homes, it's set up for them to fail basically if they don't get into a good home. And so, um, I have firsthand seen the, the, uh, consequences of that with, uh, a, one of the girls that we work with has aged out of the foster care system and just seeing what horrible things she has had to go through because she didn't experience 
somebody um, having enough um, gumption to adopt or foster when she was 13, because now having those in-between years totally taken from you um, or having to live at shelters, like it's unbelievable what these kids have to go through and they, they don't have moms and dads to guide them through all of that. And so if you can, please open your home. If you have an extra room, I always say that if you have an extra room in your house, why not use it to change, literally change a kid's life. Even if it, if, if you don't see those huge changes, um, right away, you will, um, over time. It, patience is a huge part of this process. So do it. Absolutely do it. I love it. That's such a great answer. And I always tell people too, that you do not have to be open to adoption to be a great foster parent. So Absolutely. even, even in your position, you probably wouldn't have taken pre-adoptive you probably wouldn't have said yes to pre-adoptive placements going into it if you were not open to adoption at all. But that's okay because there's plenty of other kids who aren't in need of an adoptive home, who are in need of a temporary home. And when I say temporary, here I am in Illinois fostering for sometimes 15, 16 months before uh, anything changes, if it even changes. Um, Needless to say, you can do it being like, our family is complete in the sense that we aren't going to be able to adopt. You could be so not open to that and yet still be a great foster parent. So I always tell people you don't have to adopt to be or yes. be willing to adopt to do to be a foster parent and to be a great foster parent. Yes, so, because even if you take in a 17-year-old and you're able to be that support system for them when they age out, if they're even if they're not willing or open to adoption, you can be that person to them when when they're 18, 19 years old that can be their the person that you, they fall onto when they, when things go bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone needs a family. Everyone needs community. I mean, think about our life. I know I've taken the time before to just recognize how much I've relied on my mom throughout my like post high school and then postgraduate experiences in life. You know, just what I call her for and things I didn't know. I wouldn't have known how to fill out FAFSA forms for college. Like there's just so many kids that don't have that and um, you have the opportunity to change a child's life. So yes, I am so glad we had this conversation. I uh, will be pointing people to you. So if they have further questions about your experience and your wisdom, then they'll be able to reach you. But Carly, thank you so much for joining me at the table today. You're so welcome. Thank you, Amanda, for having me.